Welcome to Let's Talk Seniors. Thanks to Anglican Care with Kylie and Michelle. Anglican Care, we're not only social on the bowling green. Find us on Facebook too. In today's episode, Michelle and I talk about when is the right time to move a loved one into an aged care home. We welcome back our very special guest, Janet Sykes. Janet has been a registered nurse for many years and has a strong background in both nursing management and nurse education. Today, she will be sharing with us her own very personal experience about moving a family member into care and how she and her family dealt with this difficult and emotional decision. Janet, thanks for coming back to your our second welcome. podcast. We're so glad you're here. Deciding to put a loved one, perhaps it's a parent or your spouse, into a nursing home must be one of the most hardest decisions a family can make. Can the guilt that can can come from that result in seniors living at home when really they should be having 24-hour care? Oh, I'm sure that's the case. I think the, the key is to have these conversations very early on with your loved one because for some of them they make that decision Sometimes people think, oh, well, they're moving in too early, but they can move into care that is suitable for them at that stage. And then the transition into the higher care becomes an easier thing. I think the difficulty comes when they've perhaps been at home, being cared for very beautifully by their family, but then it does become too difficult for them to be at home. It's putting stress on the loved ones and it's really not the best thing for the or the person themselves, and then when the decision is being taken out of that particular person's hands, that can be a very tough thing. Because they can sometimes be quite reluctant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they'll stay reluctant. Mm-hmm. Or they can say yes, particularly if they have dementia and they have, um, you know, they have those moments of confusion and clarity. We have residents in our in particular facility that, that I'm the manager of who are constantly asking to go home. When they first came in, they were very happy and we're not doing anything awful to them. We're, mm. we're giving them a wonderful life. It's something they don't understand. They're in unfamiliar of surrounds. Yeah. You've spent a lifetime creating a home. It's where you belong. As you age, Anglican Care's home life can help you remain happy and independent in your very own home. Find out how at anglicancare.com.au. You talk about having the conversation early, which I totally agree with because I think it results in better quality of life outcomes, but it's a pretty confronting conversation to have, isn't it, as a family with your, your cherished mum or dad? It's it's confronting and hard to have that conversation. Absolutely is. And I'm saying that, but I have four children and I've said to them, mm. they will not be putting me in a nursing home, but they will be sharing me between them three months of the year. Perfect solution. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, so, I'm down with that. So I've had my open, uh, very early on conversation already. Maybe I should have had more children, Michelle. My <laughs> two sons aren't going to cut it. I agree. <laughs> now, Janet, because this decision is so tough, do family members sometimes have different ideas as to when it's no longer safe for their loved one to be at home? Definitely they do. And I think often it gets to the point where they almost feel forced into it themselves because the risk of having their loved one at home becomes greater Mm -hmm. than the feeling of... that. Sometimes they have that feeling of failure, the feeling of failure that they can have when they put them into care. And But those risks aren't just for the person themselves but Mm -hmm. also for the 
for the yeah. carers. Yeah. You know, they, they can't do things that are go- going to put their families and relationships at risk yes. in attempting to care for their loved yeah. one. I had this conversation with someone yesterday, actually, because I'm going, um, my mother-in-law is being assessed for aged care at the moment and my husband has four sisters, so there's five siblings. And it's hard to get consensus mm. among a group of adults that live in separate locations. And I think sometimes there's a bit of the siblings that are close to the mum or dad that are doing a lot of the hard yakka, mm. I guess we could say, and seeing them all the time, then I get a bit resentful of the other siblings that are coming in more sporadically and things like that. So it's certainly a very challenging process, oh, do you find? Definitely. It definitely can be, yes. That leads on to our next question, actually. So how does a family kind of sit down and work out what the risk versus the rewards of staying at home for their loved one is? I think they have to be very honest with themselves and with their loved one, if, if they can be. But I think it's things when the loved one is being put in danger, perhaps they're wandering and they're getting out, or perhaps they have the behavioural and psychological symptoms of dementia, so they might be becoming physically aggressive or where it's just exhausting, complex work that is causing the carer themselves to just feel like they don't have a moment. We've got to consider the well-being of the person and of the carer that's looking after them as well. So, you know, I think that it's just having that frank conversation and finding someone that you can have it with, whether that be your GP or talking to a geriatrician. All of those things, support groups, all of those things can help you to be able to talk out and to be able to determine what that decision will be. I think probably we might have just answered this question, Janet, but it was about what are the deal breakers Mm. in staying home and I think you sort of talked about people wandering and being confused at night and that sort of thing would certainly definitely be a deal breaker for someone's safety. And from my experience a a good friend of mine their parents started they became incontinent and at one stage it was everything was manageable but when you add the incontinence Mm. to some of the other the ways that they were having to care for them it became a little bit of a tipping point for them. Absolutely. That's often the case. Often the case. do you find that especially if you've got a mum living alone or things like that that the fact that more of us are working more hours for longer is quite impactful, I think, on our ability to care for mum and dad in particular. Do you sure. find that, Janet? Well, for, my, for, for the case in, my, in our own case, it was a number of years ago now, we had my husband's mother living in a little area under our house. I used to say living under the house, but that conjured up terrible pictures. And um, really, it got to the stage where she was falling a real lot and both my husband and myself mm. worked full time yeah. and so we had that talk and she actually opted to go into what back then was known as hostel care yes. and then she progressed into higher care once she was there but it really it put our mind at rest and also put hers at rest but it was a case of talking about those mm. risks because we couldn't be there. Enjoy a bit of toe tapping? What about some finger tapping? Rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. And so you're a manager of an aged care home. Um, from your experience, can you tell us a time where one of the families who have brought their loved one to your home, what their tipping point was? Generally, the tipping point has been um, with dementia. It's those behavioural symptoms that can come with, with dementia as well. So things like getting out of the house, not knowing where, they're, where they've gone to, or they're not recognising their husband or their spouse anymore. And so they're becoming aggressive verbally or aggressive physically. That's often the case. Mm. Or 
sometimes when it's the complex cares, when it gets to that point where they can't manage the pain or they can't manage the double incontinence as well. And Janet, sometimes the decision is kind of foisted upon families mm. as well. I think if, if a loved one has a health crisis and That's they end right. up going to hospital. Yes. Or if the carer gets sick. I've seen yes. that myself yeah, in, in our family. A yes. carer got sick and then it, it became something that was impossible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They're all sort of impetus for people to make that decision, I guess. And so, Janet, where can seniors out there who might be unsure if their loved one is risking their safety by living at home turn to for advice? I think, once again, it's if you've got a good support group around you, so you're making the most of the support groups that are out there, or it, you might already have care coming into the home, so you can talk to the organisation that's the, the provider there. Your GP is always a good port of call. I think the importance of the GP is building over Absolutely. our series. Totally. Um, just vital for seniors to Absolutely. have a, a fabulous GP. Yeah. But I think it's really important too to find someone, whether it be a counsellor or a friend or something, to talk through the issues that you as the carer are going to face with the guilt and, and a certain amount of grief. Uh, that's one of the things I find when people come into full-time care is there's this grief that they have to deal with, not just for the person coming into care because they've got a, they're facing all these losses of their youth, their health, you know, all of those things, but also for the person that wanted to look after them the best they could, you know, and it doesn't matter how good a care you can offer them in care, they're not going to feel like it's the care that they could give. No, but I, I guess they can still be involved in their care. Absolutely. And I think that's an important point sometimes that people don't understand that even though your loved one's moving into a residential home, you're still a partner in providing care to them. And I think most providers, if not all providers, certainly encourage that partnership type model with carers. It's really important because then I, I like to think of it as family we just become extended family yeah. and that's really important. Absolutely. You're making a sort of a very emotional, difficult time sound a whole lot better to a whole lot of people out there, I think, Janet. Are you ready to downsize your home? You're done with the endless maintenance and mowing the lawn? With Anglican Care's Retirement Villages, you can relax and live amongst friends carefree. Discover how at anglicancare.com.au. Janet, if we could just talk about the process of placing a loved one into a home, we know it involves talking to My Aged Care, having an ACAT assessment, and then finding a, a vacancy at a nursing home which, which meets the needs of your loved one, as well as some financial concerns. Can you tell us, and this is a, probably a tricky question, what's the average time all of that takes? Yes, I can't answer that. Long as a piece of string, Janet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well... Kylie, for example, you mm. rang up and I said, mm. oh, I suggest you get an ACAT yes. assessment. And how long did that take? Well, it took, by, we rang my aged care. It then took a couple of weeks for the assessor to come out and do the assessment. And then my beautiful mother-in-law got assessed for a home care package. But I also did ask the assessor to tick her for respite care and residential care in case we needed that down the track. But we talk about getting in early and this is a perfect example of it because she has to wait 18 months for her government allocation of a home care package. That's right. 
Yes. So she's got some other support services in the meantime, but certainly get in early because 18 months is a long time to wait. Because it's not so much just the ACAT assessments, quite speedy when you consider. Yeah, and they were fabulous. And they came and sat down with her, made her feel really comfortable. It was a really good process to go for. But yeah, certainly forward planning is really important. And then if she, she does have to move into a residential aged care home, I think that can certainly be a quicker process sometimes than getting a home care package, depending on vacancies. For sure and if especially if you have made use of the respite and you're they're becoming familiar we have a number of people who come into care as a result of coming a number of times for respite and it's a nicer introduction for them too. Yeah, it's a bit softer isn't That's it? That's right. Absolutely. That's right. But there's um, then it's a key, it's key about knowing what type of home you want them to go into, what they can offer and being realistic about your expectations too, because I remember when we, my mother-in-law had to go into high care and it was an old facility. They'd been very good to her, but it was an old facility and she had to go into a four-bed share mm. room, which you see less and less of them now. And I remember us making this little corner as homely as we possibly could and a number of the nurses came in who I had taught and, so they, and they were saying, oh, Janet, it's all right, we'll look after her. And I knew that they would do their very best, but it was never going to be good enough for me mm-hmm. as a loved one. And I, and I remember that now as a manager because it can be very hard to... We will do everything we can to achieve the best we can, but sometimes expectations can be very, very high... I don't think there's anything wrong in having very high expectations, but I think you have to be realistic as well. Yeah, that's some great advice, Janet. And I think the tip that comes out of that is to know what's available in your local area. So it may not be something you ever end up at, but it's a good idea just to be understanding what is available in my local area. Are there a number of homes? If there are, perhaps one day I should take a tour. I mean, you may never use that facility or that service, but it's just great to know that if, if a crisis happened and someone broke a hip or someone went to hospital and was told they can't return home, then you have the advantage of having some forward planning. Absolutely, and it's so much better to do that when you're not coming from a position of crisis and stress. And I think too with um, media at the moment and all the emphasis that's been on aged care, it's been on on all the negative. And I think if people go out there and see the homes and look at them, they're going to be delighted with what they see. It takes away some of that fearfulness that the media creates sometimes. Well, Janet, thank you again for coming in and talking to us today. I think that's all valuable information and it's not readily available information. Like you can go to Google, you can do the research, but you don't get some of this more emotive stuff from what you're researching Which is what our podcast is about. We're trying to give information to seniors, topics that are really relevant to them. Yeah, absolutely. Janet, lucky dip time. (gasps) What will you get, Janet? You're going to be a health and wellbeing guru. I am. Between your painting and... Oh, what's this? Oh, this is hand grips. Ah. Actually, that's interesting. I was just talking to somebody about that yesterday. Okay, next mm. time we talk to you, we want to know if you... We'll have a super hard jar for Janet to open and see how she goes. Totally. <laughs> that, it'll, I'll be like superwoman. She already is superwoman to us. <laughs> well, that's just a little <laughs> present from us, just to thank you yeah. for coming on the show twice, Janet. <laughs> Thanks, thank Janet. You. 
And Michelle, that brings us to our last chat for this series. We'd love to hear uh, about our seniors out there, about what they'd like to hear in series two. Yeah, tell us your topics. Oh, we just really want to hear from you. We hope season one's been really informative, but let us know what season two might bring for you. You can email us at letstalkseniors at anglicancare.com.au. Thanks for coming. How can we make your life easier? Or what would you like to know more about? Click on our podcast link at anglicancare.com.au and let us know. We can't wait to hear from you.